Yankees win! They have completed the greatest comeback in Super Bowl history. We lost a $900 million bid to buy the LA Rams. Look, that contract extension was for $176 million. The stadium will cost $1.1 billion? Champions are made and cash always follows. But where did it all start? These are the true stories of the blockbuster sports deals that went down in the locker room, boardroom, and between the lines that made many people very, very wealthy. From Entrepreneur Media, this is The Playbook. I'm CEO of Sports One Marketing and your host, Dave Meltzer. I have a very unique guest. Uh, this is a person that you may know the name, you know, may know the background, but Jordan Palmer. Uh, he is an extraordinary football coach, but most people don't know that he's even, in my opinion, a better entrepreneur. And uh, he can give us a lot of good tips for the playbook on not only the business of sports, but how to be an entrepreneur and what it takes to be successful. Uh, starting with, I'm going to guess about your background, but we probably will want to start with your dad, because I think a lot of your spirit, this entrepreneur spirit that you have comes from growing up in a household, you know, with exceptional men. And I'm sure your mom was great, but when you think about your brother and your dad, I'm like, holy shit, like this guy grew up to be successful, no matter what it was he's going to do. So Jordan, why don't you give us a little bit of background? Yeah. Well, first Dave, thanks for having me. Uh, I love sharing my story. I feel like, uh, the places where I've made strides in my life and my business career, my football career, growing as a man, growing as a husband and a father, I've been hearing other people's stories. So appreciate you giving me the chance to share mine. Uh, you know, my, my last name is Palmer. And so it's known it's synonymous with football and my brother's amazing career, but you're absolutely right. I mean, my dad, um, you for know, those idiots like me that may not know it, but Jordan is Carson Palmer's brother. Yep. Is and he older or younger than you? He's five years older. That's and I take personal offense when people ask me that because like, <laughs> I really look like I'm 30. No, I don't think you look Damn. that way, but the audience is out no, there. I'm, I know. I they're know. not looking yeah, at you, man. You got a, you got a face for radio. Five years younger. <laughs> I've got, I got countless nuggies growing up and right. veggies and all that stuff. But, um, but no, my dad, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. My dad, um, you know, at the end of his career was the vice president of John Hancock investors and, wow. and, um, you know, had a bunch of teams of a ton of people underneath him. And, and so it was us coming home every day uh, from practice and watching my dad come home from work. And he would say, what's up to us. He would go upstairs and dive into his Bible for an hour. And then he would come down and spend the rest of the night with us and be off of his phone and not returning emails or anything. And so I think it was just seeing that every single day and then going to company retreats with my dad, you know, just yeah. Disney world is a family vacation. I have a quick question. Cause I'm a spiritual guy. Yeah. When your dad went upstairs from work and did an hour of Bible study, yeah. did he come down and did he message that stuff at night? I know he turned off his phone and everything, but was there always a message? Could you tell there was a theme like, okay, he read a passage, he studied, he meditated on it. Now he's kind of empowering us with that message that day. I mean, it sounds counter counter uh, intuitive, but no, I okay. mean, it wasn't. Yeah. I think the coolest thing was he always just led by example. And so um, I learned how to work hard and focus and compartmentalize by watching as opposed by him cramming it down our throats and making us do it. Awesome. Um, my dad also, I mean, he had two sons that played football and they both went to the league and yet he didn't play football. He didn't pretend to know football. Wow. Um, he stayed out of the way and supported us, you know, emotionally, spiritually, and financially as best as he could. Did he go to the games? Never missed one. I figured. So That's Carson awesome. played at USC for four years. And then when he won the Heisman, I started as a freshman the next year. So for eight years, they didn't miss a college football game. It was a pretty good run for them. Road and home? Every game. Holy moly. Yeah. Good thing he made some money. Exactly. They were, <laughs> flying, they were flying at the time from Boston to El Paso to go watch games. It was crazy. Yeah. So That's awesome. Um, but yeah. It was, did he learn football through that? Like, he does. Did you yeah. see that? 
that evolve? I still get frustrated in conversations, but no, he, he knows <laughs> he knows so much. And what's cool is, and we'll get into kind of what I do, but yeah. uh, he's actually involved in my camps now, helping uh, mentor the parents uh, through the process. So he's just a guy who's always led by example, you know, just putting simple quotes in our heads that have stayed with me. And I pass on to younger players of, you know, show me, don't tell me, act like you've been there before. Uh, things like that. And Can I, uh, I got to stop you on the act like you've been there before. Yeah. My freshman year, I got toasted and we almost lost the game, my first game against Menlo Park, mm-hmm. but I returned the kick for a touchdown. And the, the defensive coordinator didn't want me to return the kick because I was crying and mm-hmm. he told me not to go for the pick, but I did a flip in the end zone and came run to the defensive coordinator and the coordinator flipped the ball and said, money, money. And he looked at me and he goes, act like you've been here before. Yeah. And it totally hit home as a freshman, right? Absolutely. Like I was out of my head excited, Absolutely, but I look like an idiot. Yeah. And yeah. after you got toasted and started crying, act yeah. like you've been toasted before. Exactly. You Good know what point. I mean? It's yeah. part of the game. So and I got toasted again though, just so I wonder. Yeah. <laughs> Both sides of it. So yeah, yeah my dad was, a, was an amazing influence for us. I also have another brother um, when we were, he's 20 years older than me. And when, when I was a little kid, oh, wow. um, you know, he was, he was in, in the army and was a badass dude up in Anchorage, Alaska. And kicking ass and taking names. And so, yeah, I just had a bunch of great men in my life, starting my family. And then uh, obviously all the coaches I played for and the mentors that I've had. And uh, what are you doing now? Um, so now I kind of break my time up, uh, kind of 80, 20. So 80% of my time, I run my business and 20% of my time I spend with quarterbacks. Um, on the 20% side of it for quarterbacks, I do four things. Uh, one, I, I train uh, some of the top players every year for the NFL draft. So from January to March, um, I help the, I expedite the process of them becoming uh, air quotes here, a pro. Right. Um, and, and you teach them not only to be a pro on the field, but Warren, my partner, Warren Moon, and I know you guys work with players at API yeah. early on. And Warren was really excited to work with you. And he said, when he came back to me, cause we work with Clarkson, Whitfield and you, uh, he said, what makes it amazing is you teach them to truly be a professional uh, off the field and you're not blowing smoke up them, Mm-mm. right? You tell them like keep Des- it really Deshaun, real. you coach Deshaun Watson right now mm-hmm. and you keep it real. And you're like, look, you got to work on this. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone else is telling you you're the greatest in sliced bread, but every year I hear who's the greatest mm-hmm. and it takes a lot more than what you think. Well, because I've been around so many great players, I, I can tell players straight up to their face. Look, I'm not impressed. <laughs> nice. Here's all the things you have to do to get better. And do, so do I try any of them ever want to fire you after you tell them that because no, the egos are in the way? No, because I, I, the part of the process for me is because 80% of my time, which I'll get to, I run a business. When I coach 20% of my time, I only get to, co- I only coach the people I want to. Right. I don't coach anybody because I have to earn a dollar and pay rent and support my family. And so, yeah, I got to train this kid. So Mr. Manziel didn't get the dad, didn't get a phone call back from me, Good. you know, and those, or, or Warren, you know, that's why we broke up with Whitfield is we refused to work with him. We refused to go to this Del Mar fair with him, the, the racetrack. So for me, I, I you know, I just, I, I get to train the guys that I want to train. And those are the guys who are all in hanging on every word and are seriously interested in reaching their potential and being great. So on the draft side, I, I try and train them to be a triple threat. Uh, it's kind of what I call. So on the physical side of it, learn how to correct yourself mechanically on the mental side of it. You know, you've got to be able to process large amounts of information really, really quickly. You know, an NFL play call is H set to gun spread, right? H hot dual trying to drive F read alert Mustang dragon on a white one. But when you play at Clemson as Deshaun and you have red, right, all go and you just <laughs> clap and the guy snaps it to you, there's a, there's a gap you got to make up. And so on the physical side, how do we get you to self-correction? On the mental side, how do you teach you how to learn? But then the most important piece, the trip, the third part of the, being a triple threat is off the field. What are you doing with your platform? How are you leading? How do you go about your business? What kind of husband are you going to be? How do you treat women? 
how do you take coaching? Um, and wow. so it, I've just seen guys that are super, super talented that aren't triple threats and you don't know their names. Yeah. But the ones where who are triple threats, you know those names. That's Drew Brees. That's Troy, Troy Aikman. That's Carson Palmer. Right. That's Tom Brady. And uh, those are the names you know. And I, from my vantage point, they're triple threats. They're not just talented. And where do you think Cam Newton falls? Uh, you know, I've never worked with Cam okay. personally. Uh-huh. So um, Just watching I, him on the on and off the physically field. is off the charts. Yeah. Um, when I do break down tape, I think there's a gap between him and the other quarterbacks in the league. I think they keep it very simple. And I think he makes routine mistakes over and over again. Yeah. Um, I think he made Von Miller, the MVP of the Super Bowl. He got 11 and a half yards, uh, on a drop where you're only supposed to go nine and a half and hitch up in the pocket at 11 and a half yards. Von Miller has a straight shot and the tackle can't cut you off. So when he has that sack fumble at the end of the Super Bowl, my brother and I are just the two of us are watching that Super Bowl sitting here going, he just gave Von Miller fifty million. Wow! You, you know what it was that I saw, and I'm an emotional guy. I'm an inspirational guy, but I am a student of football. What I noticed most of all, and, and we we coach Cam, we help Cam, mm-hmm. was the thing that bothered me most is you know obviously that game got a little bit big for him real early. He overthrew. He hadn't done it in weeks, mm-hmm. right? He wasn't performing. He's excited, so his drop was deeper. But the thing that really stood out to me was when he was knocked down, which hadn't happened in a while. None of his guys helped him up. Hmm. Right. And so we talked about that, Warren and I, about why is it as a leader, right? You talk about being mm-hmm. a husband, good to women, also good to your teammates. Mm-hmm. You know, what was going on with the whole Superman, I'm bigger than my team, mm-hmm. which never happens in New England, right? Tom Brady's never bigger than his team. No, he right? would, they announced the whole team. Yeah. I, I think, you know, that to me resonated like, man, you know, if I, as a little guy, I want everybody helping me up, yeah. let alone I'm the quarterback. Well, when you have somebody as talented as Cam, but then with those, I'd call them deficiencies, um, then you're going to have the career that he's had. You're going to have a slow start, huge high peak, MVP of the NFL. Yeah. Right. And then slump last year. And then we'll see what happens this year. And then we'll have the, and it's just going to be highs and lows as opposed to Drew Brees who throws for 4,500 yards every single year. Yeah. Well, exactly. No, let's move to the business side because this is, you know, with Jordan Palmer, this entrepreneur is the playbook. You are a truly, I mean, great football player. Wasn't quite as good as your brother, and you're a realist about it. I'm not mm-hmm. insulting you. No. Everybody has their level. But moreover, you're like an exceptional entrepreneur. So give Thank us a you. little bit of background on what you're doing and how you got there. Yeah. So what you referenced it. I mean, because I, I learned, look, I, I think being self-aware is super, super important for entrepreneurs, for athletes, all that. Um, I want to make one point. I, I believe that particularly when you play at a professional level, all professional athletes are entrepreneurs. So in my football career, if I had a good year, I could make a couple hundred grand. If I had a great year, I could get a new contract and get a couple million bucks. And if I would have played out of my mind and the stars aligned, I could make never work again money. Right. But I also had two years where I made zero dollars. I got cut. I turned in my playbook. I worked out for a bunch of teams. I moved back in with my parents and I was working out, making zero dollars. So those two, those two famous words, radical humility. It's you're an <laughs> entrepreneur. Right. And so the, the players, the re, there's a reason. And I, I end up because I've had success off the field. Um, I'm the guy that a lot of guys come to when they're retiring from football and you know, what do I do next and how do you get plugged into this? And the reality is, is that I started a business my rookie year in the NFL because it stands for not for long. And <laughs> I knew that. And I knew the gap between my brother and I, and I said, well, shoot, if that's what it takes to succeed, then I'm going to have to continue to work the way that I'm working and get lucky. Yep. And, you know, I never started a game in the NFL in 10 years. Every year that I was the two, which was like five or six years, no one got hurt. Right. 
everybody stayed completely healthy. So I, I started doing double duty. So my entire NFL career uh, during the season on Mondays and Tuesday nights, I'd be on conference calls Friday nights. And then if we had a day game, I'd be on the phone all night, Sunday night. And I just grinded it out. Nice. And when the season ended, I moved back home and I went right to work from Monday to Friday, you know, nine to five. And now you have a successful business. What do you guys do? Yeah. So, um, so I kind of, uh, fell in love with branding and, uh, and the marketing side of things. And my high school teammate, childhood friend, business partner, his name is Taylor Holiday. Um, I like to tell people I have LeBron James on my team. Nice. Um, he understands the world of e-commerce and how to sell products on the internet. I like to tell people I have Warren Moon on my team. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> figurative and literally, yeah. Um, and so, uh, you know, we, we just had a, he has a really deep understanding, had it in the beginning, a really deep understanding of what it takes to sell products on the internet. And so that manifested itself by us picking a client. We said, what's the coolest product that we feel like is underserved? And it was, at the time it was Evo Shield. Yep. Really cool. Every protective you know, gear, protective gear. So yep. we, I pitched them, flew to Bogart, Georgia four times, landed the account, doubled their online revenue, said, okay, cool. We can do this for somebody else. And we started a parlay at, and this was while I was playing. Um, and then, uh, you know, two guys started a company called Kalo, Q-A-L-O. Uh, they make uh, functional wedding bands for couples living an active lifestyle. I just got two, uh, 20th anniversary, I guess, got them as a gift. Awesome. So, <laughs> you know, you'll see Steph Curry, Derek Carr, um, Andy Dalton, Kirk, uh, Kirk Cousins, a lot of guys wearing these. And uh, uh, and it's grown to about 100 employees in four years. So Taylor and I became, um, became owners in that business by providing services in exchange for equity, um, grew it. And, uh, and then parlayed that into starting an agency called Common Thread Collective. And uh, so we help uh, uh, help brands uh, scale their online revenue. Uh, so we work with big brands like Lululemon and North Face and all the way down to helping brands off Kickstarter. And uh, we've grown an agency that's um, scaling really, really quickly right now. And we've made a couple acquisitions in the last few years um, to, we're, to build We're going to be out. feeding you more. We just went through 90, you know, we did the elevator pitch for Entrepreneur Magazine, yeah. the TV show, extended us out two more seasons, but we'll, we had 90 companies, all different levels. Yeah. So they're all, believe it or not, of course, looking for what you're doing. And uh, I think you're sitting in a tremendous space. So well, they all will be, because I would yeah. say that right now we're talking to some, and I'll leave, I'll admit names, but we're talking to some, when I say big brands, I'm talking about the biggest brands yep. in the world. Before we continue the interview, here's a word from our sponsor. Champions have tools that help them win, ranging from the strict diets to the shoes they choose to wear. When they go to the boardroom, a single tool stands out to make sure they are productive and get the best deal possible. Their black moleskin notebook from Best Self Company. Check out the Best Self Journal at bestself.co. That's bestself.co. Okay, let's get back to the interview. They're built on the back of retail. Retail's dying and they're going, they're reaching out to us and saying, how do we do this e-commerce thing the right way? And it's not a person. You know, a lot of these questions, these conversations are starting with who should we hire to be our CMO when really it's an infrastructure problem. Um, these brands that have been built on the backs of retail, they think digital is a position or an office or a group of people when really everything is digital. Point of sale at retail, e-commerce, social media, every aspect of your business is digital. Right. And so it's an infrastructure problem. So I have a four bedroom house. And if I wanted to change the kitchen or, you know, convert an office into a bedroom, I could do that. But if I want to turn it into four one-bedroom unit condos, 
I'd just have to tear the house down because I'd have to redo all the plumbing and I'd have to have a new staircase. And how do you get in there? Yeah. And so these brands are going through this and we're walking some major, major brands through this right now. It's amazing because in the 1999, 2000, being CEO of Samsung's first phone, right? The PCE phone, I was with Verizon trying to get it tested and approved on the network. And they couldn't understand at that time. And it's really a similar situation that voice was data, mm. right? They said, we don't know how to, we don't know how to build data because I had the first data device, right? Yeah. It's a C device. And I said, no, no, you're missing it. And I think the same thing holds true with digital, right? Everything's digital. It's, it's, it's not a transformation. It's just a monetization and understanding it. Well, let's get to a few more questions to help the audience learn how you become successful as a person. One is everybody makes mistakes. Mm. So I was curious if you'd share with us what you think, you know, your biggest mistake or the dummy tax that you paid that we can share with the audience so they don't make the same mistake. Yeah, I think the first thing is, and this is, um, so on the quarterback side of the things for me, you know, I train guys for the draft. I've got NFL clients. Um, I run my camps where I have the top high or a bunch of high school kids come in and the top college kids come in and, uh, and pay to be a part of it. Or, uh, they, they, uh, uh, are my coaching staff. And so when I'm talking to high school, college or NFL quarterbacks, it's the same thing I would say to a young entrepreneur. In my opinion, confidence is absolutely by far and away the most important trait in an athlete or in an entrepreneur. And confidence is not a God given thing. It's not hereditary. Uh, it's not bestowed upon you. Uh, it's a muscle. And if I pick up something heavy with my right arm every day, all day long, and I eat good things and I don't put bad things in my body, my right arm is going to get stronger. And I believe that confidence is the same way. So as a quarterback, if I believe that that's the number one most important trait, then why would I spend any time on anything else? Now, there's going to be some uh, ancillary benefits developed everywhere else on mechanics on this. But in reality, with a quarterback, if we're going to go out and throw today and we're going to work on something mechanical, it doesn't mean that when you start the season you start up up seven because yep. you worked so hard all in the off season. You still, it's still zero, zero. So really all we're training is the confidence in your ability to make that throw, to do that thing. So in entrepreneurship, I think it's, uh, you have two races. It's a race to figure out what is the area, the field, the task, the trait, the role that you are most confident in. And then once you find that thing, then it's how fast can you go? Right on. And so confident, I wouldn't spend a ton of time on anything outside of establishing what you're most confident in and what's the sharpest part of your tool. And I have a 20 month old son and uh, I'm more obsessed with being a dad than anything ever in my life. And I'm just absolutely head over heels right now. And my goal, I think about this a lot. The goal for my son is not for him to play quarterback or for him to be a surfer. Now he throws footballs and he surfs, right? <laughs> but I'm not going to jam anything down his throat again. Like we talked about with my dad. Um, my goal for him is to figure out what he's best at and loves doing faster than everyone his age. That's awesome. I, I think I, he'll dominate if, the, if those two simple things happen. And so I would say to young entrepreneurs, it's um, whatever you're doing, if, you're not, if you don't have the skills and the experience to be confident in that thing, then find something else or focus on developing confidence in that thing. I didn't learn how to play confident football until my third year in the NFL. And I can't imagine how good I would have been if I would have developed it in high school. Right. Well, let me, let me change the way you look at things. I, I mentor a lot of guys and what you talk about, I think is the right things to teach, but let me try to give you a different perspective. Yeah. I believe confidence is halfway there. And so for me, when you think about what you want, it's a possibility. And then halfway to, to, 
probability of it happening is confidence, right? We have to have clarity, balance, and focus that allows us to be confident. Where I would enhance what you teach is that I believe inspiration is even more important to live an inspired life, to enjoy the pursuit of your potential mm-hmm. as a surfer, as a football player, whatever it is. So where we uh, complement each other and we, I can enhance even what you teach is that imagine being inspired all the time, which is a level above confidence, mm-hmm. right? When we're in spirit, when we're inspired, and how do we teach people to stay inspired? Because you bend time. Right, you bend reality with inspiration, mm. and then these are imagination principles that I've created to take confidence to inspiration. But then, what you do, and you don't articulate it, but I know you do, is you teach discipline, strategy, and awareness. Mm. We talk about it all the time. It's one thing when I met you and really got to know you when we got to have a nice long drive home from the ESPYS was wow, this guy is present and aware, and he gets discipline, strategy, and awareness. And what that allows you to do take confidence from a possibility, inspiration makes it a probability. But if you could teach somebody discipline, strategy, and awareness, Mm. it'll make the probability their perspective or their reality. So just something to to chew upon, how do I also teach inspiration, which takes that confidence to the next level? And and they're very closely tied. and you know I'm fifty percent of the time wrong, so you can say no, no. BS day, well, but. I would say if you said list two, <laughs> the second thing I would say is outlook is everything. Yeah, um, I, I'm genuine believer. You know my 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 uh, quarterback coaching business. It's called QB Summit, and it really is just about reaching the summit for these guys. And you know if you, uh, that's to start three games in high school. You know, the, yep. and that's the that's your, what your potential, the roadmap for that, and that's the summit for you. Then go three and zero. I love your hat too. Is that the QB summit? Yeah, hat? yeah. He has yeah. a summit on his hat. Yeah, I, I love that because it's enjoying your pursuit of your potential. Not, and it's, it's a journey. Like yeah. it's highs and lows. I, I always say there's two things that will strike a quarterback. I, the same thing for an entrepreneur. So two things will inevitably strike you, and it's success and adversity. And for a quarterback, success could be three really good throws in a row in practice or Super Bowl. Right. And adversity could be three bad throws in a row in practice. Who cares? Or devastating injury at the worst time. But it's your whole career and entrepreneurship. I, so I've been a part of a bunch of startups, yeah. you know? Not and all of them successful. No. <laughs> and, and so when you do this, it's seriously just a series of highs and lows. And if you go into it knowing that, right? Yeah. If I go into it knowing that there's going to be highs and lows and I want to handle success really well, and I want to handle adversity really well. I don't want to do a backflip after I take one back to the house. Right. Right. Yeah. But I also don't want to cry after I get burnt. Yeah. If I can handle success and adversity really well, and I anticipate that they're coming, then it just, I, I become less reactionary and I get to be able to just go ahead and enjoy this pursuit. Cause I can honestly say, I've looked back, I've, when I, I've played on seven teams, which means I've been fired seven times right. before I turned 28. <laughs> yeah. Right. And those are devastating. It's not like, oh, well, you got to, when you're in the NFL and you get fired, you don't think about it the way your friends tell you and go, well, hey, man, at least you got to play, man. You made yeah, it that no, far. No doubt. It's not how you're thinking. Right. right? No doubt. No. And you dude, don't want to think sucks, that yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I'm moving back in with my parents. Right. So, <laughs> but when you go through that process, knowing that I'm going to handle success really well, I'm going to handle adversity really well, then it just becomes a series of highs and lows throughout your career. And you, I look back on it and I can genuinely say, I totally enjoyed the whole process. That's awesome. And I... I was someone who you look at that football game where I had success in adversity. I've always been someone that handles adversity really well. Mm-hmm. But through my career, I had to learn into my 30s, right? Because I lost everything. I didn't know how to handle success. Mm-hmm. And as you said that, I'm like energetically, I didn't it showed on the field, 
right? Mm. The flip when I came back and won yeah. the game for us, I didn't know how to handle the success. And as I made millions of dollars in my 20s and retired in my 30s, I didn't know how to handle success. And now that radical humility to handle this, I, I've always been able to handle adversity, right? I'm a never quit guys because yeah. I wasn't born with, I'm like you, I have all these brothers that were academically so superior and I just knew I'm not born with the gifts, mm. but I had one thing, I wasn't gonna quit and I can handle adversity. That's a great point. I'm going to end on this question, which is always my favorite yeah. question. You know, you have a great family, which is awesome. You have a great profession and a great hobby in inspiring others. What legacy does Jordan Palmer want to leave when it's all over? Um, you know, I think I, I do one thing in both both sides of my life on on the business side of things. You know, we've got between the couple of businesses that we have, there's probably 150 employees. Um, and then I, I don't know how many quarterbacks I've worked with. But what I want to do is is the fact that I've never started an NFL game and I can train the Sam Darnolds, the Deshaun Watsons. I train Carson. Yeah. Right. <laughs> the, the, the fact that I can help those players shows you and the foundation that I, I work with a local charity um, called the Jesse Reese Foundation. Um, and if you've seen bracelets and Dak Prescott, Deshaun Watson, Sam Darnold, these guys are all wearing these blue wristbands that say Nigu, never, ever give up. And this little 11 year old girl lost a battle of cancer, but she started this charity in a five month period. And so similar commonality between Jesse Reese and her foundation that she started uh, five or six years ago, what I do in football and what I do in business is I want to be able to empower the, the people that I work with, the younger guys that I'm mentoring to let them know that, listen, if I can make this big an impact in your world and, and you're a superstar quarterback and I never even started a game in the league, if I can make this kind of impact in your life, imagine what you can do. That's awesome. And the young guy, the young guy, Peter, who works with me, uh, like if you can learn this much and grow and look at the world through this lens man, imagine what you're going to do over the next 30 years is you're way more talented at this, this, and this than me. And so I think it's that legacy of it's not, I don't want people to memorize a quote that I gave and spread it on Instagram for the rest of their lives. I want them to teach them how to fish. And I want them to learn that like, look, they have this platform and you can affect a lot of people around you. Uh, if you're living in your gift and you're super confident and super passionate and, and dreaming really big, uh, you can affect a lot of people around you. And that may sound really cheesy, but I've just seen this be the case. Every no. year I see it be the case. I, you know, it's like looking in a bigger, better looking mirror, just listening to you because we share so many of these philosophies mm -hmm. and mine, like yours, is to empower others, to empower others to be happy, mm -hmm. right? And that's really what you do in Mount Summit. It's just the summit of what you do. I am... Uh, forever a friend and I'm here of service to you because you have earned my respect and we're, we're blessed to be around some, some greats, people. you know, and, but you know, behind those greats are some people that just have a good perspective and awareness and you're one of them. And it's a blessing to have you on here to, you know, to be your friend and yeah. to, to hopefully be your business associate. Cause I always like to grab on to the guys make a lot of money, help <laughs> a lot of people have a lot of fun. This is Dave Meltzer with Jordan Palmer and we're with entrepreneur, the playbook. Playbook is produced by Nathan Lotka, and our media partner is Entrepreneur.com. Be sure to tune in next Tuesday when we feature another story on how a sports icon went from the playing field to the boardroom. 